Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Last time we took on quiet quitting and the death of ambition. Today, our expert panel of Drew Bordas. Hello. Chip Nilgis. Hello. Tammy Spade. Hello. Are talking about what do we do about it? What does leadership look like in the time of quiet quitting and death of ambition? ResumeBuilder.com surveyed 1,000 managers recently, managers that had, of course, at least one direct report, or they would not be a manager, so they'd be kicked out of the survey. But it did say that as an explanation, so I thought I'd share that with you. And they had some key findings that I want to share. It said 98% of managers of quiet quitters say it's important their reports do more than the bare minimum. I guess 2% thought the bare minimum was fine. That's interesting. They're probably in the bottom 2% of managers. But they I'll should uh, quietly quit. Quietly quit. 91% of managers have taken some action against quiet quitters, including taking steps to deny them promotions, deny them raises, or even terminate them. One in three managers admit to, this is good, not good, but quiet firing of quiet quitting. So one in third have done quiet firing of quiet, right? So you just say, thank you very much. And, and the person doesn't necessarily know they've been identified as a quiet quitter and out they go. 64% of managers say quiet quitters are unlikely to have a successful career. Doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. 75% of managers say it's justifiable, completely justifiable to fire someone for only doing the bare minimum. So observations on leadership and quiet quitting. What does the panel say as I read those stats? Fire the slackers. <laughs> now we'll let Tammy make that sound nice. <laughs> well, it's sort of surprising, some of those pieces of research. I'm a little surprised by some of those. But I think one of the things that you have to do with individuals is you have to have conversations with them. You know, what what's going on, particularly if you've seen a shift in behavior. Is there something going on in their job, their personal life, their reevaluation of their goals or their careers? You're only going to know that by having conversation with them. And, you know, hopefully they'll be candid about it. So just to stop you for a second, the skill of management doesn't go away with quiet quitting, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what you're saying yes. is, I hope that these people don't say, I've identified you as a quiet quitter and I've quietly right. fired you. Like right. that is disastrous. It is. That is not good leadership Not just management. to them, but to the rest of the team. To everybody. And you could be wasting and devastating a team when it's simply a temporary issue or something that they're struggling with that you didn't lean into and help them with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, management is about helping other people achieve their best. And if you don't do that and just label somebody as a quiet quitter and quietly fire them, that's awful. But anyway, I, I diverge just because it... No, me... I think it's a great point. And I think, too, you need sometimes someone to hold up a mirror because you can get into a pattern of either negativity or a pattern of just, you know, doing things a certain way and you don't realize how it's changed and how it might look to people on the outside. I had a conversation with someone um, late last year, beginning of this year, who had been very dedicated, devoted, but attitude had shifted and output had shifted. And so over a series of three conversations, some of which were kind of tough, we were able to kind of figure out, okay, do you realize this is how you're 
being perceived. And they really, once they thought about it, realized how that could have been the case, but they'd gotten into such a funk that they really didn't observe how they were being perceived. And so there's been a complete turnaround for that individual. And it didn't require a lot of intervention. They just needed to dig deep and You just understand. had that one conversation with me. Well, it was three. <laughs> it was three with you, Skip. Yeah. It's ongoing. <laughs> what do you think about leadership and, and quiet quitting, Chip? I think that in many instances, what we're dealing with is that the connective tissue that keeps us together when we're located in the same physical space, it's been cut if you're working virtually. So the dynamic shifts and you have to compensate for that shift. And I I agree with you, Tammy. I think one thing that became evident to me was that I had to make sure that on at least a weekly basis, I was having conversations with each of my direct reports that were focused on ensuring that they were feeling connected to the strategy, that they were feeling connected to the team in a way that I hadn't seen myself do prior to working that way. I think you just had to be more purposeful about it, I, right? When, yeah. when, when we're separate. Because you don't get the, I'm you walking get, by your right. office and mm-hmm. I end up talking yeah, to you. It's so not you that you to, didn't do it before. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to actually have to schedule that. I also think that the importance of vision, purpose, strategy increases and bringing your team together around that and reminding them of that on a regular basis. Maybe it's because when you're in the office, others are doing that and that role falls to you. So I think, as you say, Drew, just being more purposeful about those functions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, I, so. and I think, Skip, you know, the, when we were criticizing the quiet firing, I think if, if you do that as a manager, that's a team killer. Mm-hmm. Like, the team knows. Absolutely. If somebody's not pulling their weight, whether it's for a, a whatever reason, it could be, the team is aware of it. And so if you don't address it, and like Tammy said, I, you know, I'm kidding when I say fire the slackers. Talk to them. Find out what's going on. Give them the benefit of the doubt. See what's happening in their life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to address it because it's just not fair to everybody else. Yeah. And if you don't address it properly and you do it quietly and just fire someone, the backlash will be big. If mm-hmm. you didn't take the time to realize right. what was going on in that person's life, the team probably does know. Yeah. And if you take somebody out, not because they're lazy and not do, pulling their weight, but because they are doing something you don't know about, that's going to hit you, the team, the whole organization in a really negative way. Do you think that quiet quitters can have successful careers? No, 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 I don't. There are some then who, you know, the Wall Street Journal ran a series of articles last year or the year before on people who were cheating the system and having two jobs, hiding from their employers that they were actually working somewhere else. I don't think that typically lasts for long. Some of them didn't care. They were waiting to be found out and then they, you know, got busted. I don't think that kind of thing works well longer term. But maybe it has to do with burning out and quiet quitting later because you've been doing two jobs. I don't know. I think if it's a typical, you know, they have one job situation, it's unlikely that they will happily be successful in their career if that's the pattern. But I have to say that I was convicted once when I, I judged someone in a service position who just seemed to be totally disconnected and unaware of what was going on around them and eating, you know, at the desk. And 
I ended up learning later that they were working three jobs in an effort to try and, you know, support a family and a, an elderly parent. And while that wasn't sustainable and we did need, you know, to help them make a shift, it made me reconsider, you know, sometimes my assessment and, and to just commit to digging deep and figuring out, okay, what's going on here? We all have those moments, uh, epiphanies of perspective shifts on somebody or some situation. The very famous one, of course, is Stephen Covey, who was on the train and shares the story of being on the train and making judgments about a father who had unruly children and was not disciplining them and was staring off into space, only to confront the situation and find out that, I think I'm getting the story right, that he was coming from his wife's funeral and clearly going through grief. So it shifted his focus like immediately to realize now I have to be compassionate and supportive from judgmental and you're a bad father, right? So it's a very interesting thing. What can managers do to prevent or deal with quiet quitting? One of the things that Chip has been talking about in his life lately as you've been studying boundaries and putting boundaries, I think maintaining boundaries is one. And I read an article that talked about boundaries in, in this sense. You would agree with that, I'm sure, because you've been studying boundaries. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people quit in one area because they don't have a good boundary up for another area, and it just bleeds into things. And, you know, if you think about the shift you're talking about the shift working at home for many companies, it actually obliterated boundaries in a pretty big way. And there's a sense of, I have so much to do, and my to-do list is blended between, I have to take out the trash, and I have to paint that door with, I have to get this project done and close this sale. And we almost think that they all are equal, but they're not, right? This is the work time that I'm being paid for, and then I can go off and do those. But we've lost the primacy of work in many cases, and it's shifted to that. And I think management, you know, you read article after article. I I don't fall in this category generally, but article after article is talking about managers who are having to micromanage or very suspicious of people who are working at home. They can't see them. They don't know what they're doing, et cetera. And that has increased sort of management stress. And I think that's also some about the team and personality and all of that. But what are other ways to prevent quiet quitting? Well, I think the leader's responsibility is individual, team, and then organizational. So you, you have to keep the lines of communication open, as we, as we discussed earlier. You have to create a team environment you know, where people can engage and thrive. And then at the organizational level, you have to create a work environment, whether that's you know, space or collaboration opportunities or good benefits and those kinds of things. I think you can create environment, but you can't motivate an individual. Motivation is intrinsic. And you can do a lot of things in order to understand what's going on, create the right environment. But if they themselves, for whatever reason, just can't engage or aren't going to engage, then your role as a leader is to confront that and make whatever decision, whether that's maybe a different role that's going to be a better fit or whether that's just, you know, a separation from that person. But in most cases, I think when leaders create that environment where teams can thrive and people can thrive, the quiet quitting is much less likely to happen. 
Yeah, well said. I think about some management techniques if you see that. And one is clarity on goals and really not macro goals that are sort of ethereal, but very specific goals that focus the person on what Mm -hmm. they need to do. I do think you mentioned space, the environment that we're in. That can have an impact on you in terms of quiet quitting. Compensation. If somebody feels unfairly compensated and that's not vocalized or expressed, that's a discussion. Gratitude is another one. By the way, all of us, the more gratitude you have, the better. And the more gratitude you have, if you're talking to your manager, the better it will be for everyone. So gratitude is a big one. Listening. And Tammy, you talk about that a lot. But just listen to the person, making sure you understand why, what, how, what's it about, I think is a big one. But then there's this overall thing, and we talk about culture a lot. And of course, there's organizational culture. There's a culture in a country. There's culture in a community. There's culture in a team. There's culture in a family. And what's tolerated in that culture and what's not tends to be a big shift in terms of quiet quitting. I think that Generally, if there's a lot of quiet quitters on your team, you have a bad culture. You need to look at how do I shift that culture radically because the culture may be the cause of the quiet quitting. Where if everybody sees everyone else doing the bare minimum, it's, uh, you know, what does it matter? And there's always pockets in every organization where somebody's like, yeah, we knew about that, but that's no big deal. We'll just figure that out next year or whatever. And if you tolerate that, that's going to sow seeds for more of that. What are you thinking about those or other ways to impact quiet quitting, Drew? So many things. I think the thing that I keep thinking of is just just listening to you all is, is one, you've got to know your people, like really actually know them and care about how they are, just so you can even pick up that there's a difference that you can say, you seem off. Are you like, do you want to talk about anything? Is there something going on in your life? Like as a manager, you actually have to have a clue about your people to even have that conversation. I think the other thing that we've talked about a lot just amongst ourselves or another podcast is how difficult it can be to measure output, especially when you're remote. You know, I think there was and knowledge work is also knowledge work is tough, right? And when you're in a factory counting widgets, you know, somebody doing 10 instead of a hundred sticks out pretty easily. When you're doing work that's not as quantifiable, it's easier to quiet, quit, hide, things like that. And I think as the manager, you've especially when we're virtual, really understand, is my team putting out the work that is counted on from us? Are we or are we not? And how would I know? Yeah. What can a manager do if someone actually expresses a desire for the minimum? I just really want to get my job done do what I need to do so I can focus on my life at home and other things. I'd, I'd move them to Tammy's team immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Whip them into shape. Right. What do you do as a manager if somebody says that? Because, you know, to me, I say we're on a winning team and to win requires these things. And if you want to be on a winning team, it requires this. And if you're unwilling to be on a winning team, that's a different conversation we can talk about. Because I'm not forcing you to be, but we are not going to be on a team that hits mediocrity. And they probably want the same compensation, right? Of course I mean, they do. So, yeah. Or more. <laughs> I think it's cultural, but I don't think you can tolerate that. And I think that you'll see that shift happening a lot as people are coming back to 
post-pandemic life where some things may have been tolerated that just will not be tolerated anymore as the market and everything changes. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. But I want to end with this question. What about the manager who is quiet quitting, phoning it in, barely putting the minimum in? So it's it's not the team. It's not somebody on the team. But there's a manager who you notice has quietly quit. And by definition, that's shifting not just that person, but that whole team. What techniques do you use in that situation? Are they different at all than what they would be? Obviously, you know, Tammy would say, stop, talk to the person, learn what's going on, et cetera. But they may be more clever at hiding that or masking that, or maybe they don't even realize. They don't even realize that they've been quite quitting. What would you add to that, Tammy? Well, I think that one's really dangerous because you may not know it as leaders in an organization. Their team may know it, but their team may be fearful of speaking up because they might fear that the manager will, you know, retaliate in some way. But let's assume that you do observe it and you know it. I think the strategies are are very similar. But I do think that conversation about expectations is important. So in this case, it's as a leader, these are the things that we need you to do. And if you don't want to be in a leadership position because you don't want to do those things, well, then let's talk about a different kind of role for you. And if you do, then we'll figure out how to get you back on track and, you know, get their commitment to do that. It's good. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening and tell you that if you're right now a quiet quitter or if you feel your ambition is low, of course, it's unlikely that you're listening to aim higher. But if you're in that category, you realize that there are always seasons, there are always days, there are always hours mm-hmm. where you need to pull back for your energy level, for other reasons, for balance in certain areas of your life. And if you rebalance that over time, nothing that you're stuck with today is permanent. And you can make a change. You can make a change in your life and you can get that fire back. You can get your ambition back. You can get your focus back. You can get your winning team back if you make some simple shifts in your mindset. And so I encourage you all to make those mind shift changes and to listen to positive things, to read positive books, and you will find in very little time you can crawl out of a space that may be very difficult. Thank you for listening. We look forward to talking with you next week where we will continue not to aim for mediocrity, not to aim for quiet quitting but to aim higher. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher. Aim higher.